and I'll bet that they're being heard on every radio telescope on the entire Earth. Are you feeling by any chance like a goober? I know you are, but what am I? What does it look like I'm doing picking goobers? Pardon me, did I hear you say? On the radio, he is introduced like this. Oh, but I believe in destiny or whatever it is that brought a friend like you to me. So we say... That was Do Dilly Do, A Friend Like You, from one of my favorite animated movies ever, Missing Link. And now, I am so pleased to say I am here chatting with the artist behind that song and many of my favorite songs, Mr. Walter Martin. Thank you so much for joining us, Walter. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Anytime. Literally anytime. I mentioned I'm a huge fan. Actually, We're All Young Together is the first vinyl I bought when I got to L.A., um, I was in Amoeba, and for whatever reason, we're all young together on vinyl was there. I was blown away. I was like, this is here? So that's the first vinyl I bought. So this is very full. Oh, that's cool. Now. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, I've actually bought so many records at Amoeba LA, uh, but I've never seen my own stuff for sale. I haven't been there in a long time, but that's cool. Thank you. I'm hoping that the bear will be there soon. I've, I've been checking. Uh, you know, the bear, the vinyl, the, the, it, it probably will be there in November, I bet. The, my, the vinyl takes forever these days, but it, I, it will be there in November. Amazing. If I'm looking for it, I'll tell them. I'll be like, Walter said it would be here. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I've got a direct source. <laughs> How did it all get started? I got a, you know, interview trope, but I really am curious. What really got you into music in the first place? Well, you know, I started when I was probably 11 or 12. My my friend Stuart, uh, I, I was obsessed with baseball up until that, uh, until that point. Then this guy, Stuart Lupton, moved uh, from South Carolina. Carolina to DC and we became very good friends and we started sort of I guess you could say like misbehaving a lot and uh and skateboarding and realizing that we wanted to be wanted to be cool I guess then we were like hold on maybe we should do a band you know and so we we took guitar lessons assuming we'd be learning you know like Rolling Stone songs but we were learning like fingering for like classical piano and it was very boring um, so it was going for us. Th- these days, I'd be very interested in that. But yeah, so we started a band, like uh, just the two of us, and started writing songs, like you know, just sort of really dumb songs, like about being cool, basically. And like played at a girl's birthday party at the end of fifth grade, and played like should I stay or should I go? <laughs> and we sort of got the bug that we really liked doing it. You know, we went to sort of a really straight kind of school and and it, i think it, it it was nice just for like our identity i think it sort of set us apart it's like well you you guys are doing that but we're, we're, we do music and so we actually like did, did that forever <laughs> that band we uh started playing school dances by the time we were in seventh grade and then matt who uh ended up being in the walkman matt barrick uh he uh joined us playing drums in seventh grade and then but Paul, who was a guitar player in the Walkman, joined us in the ninth grade. And, you know, by that point, we were pretty good. And uh, we could really play with, like, the songs were, and our, and our taste was very questionable. But but we learned how to play. And we, you know, it's really all that we did. Like, I, I mean, I, I, I participated in school, but I, every weekend we had a band practice. That's just what we did. And, uh, you know, and then that that band eventually became Jonathan Fire Eater, which was my first like real professional band, and 
it was basically the same people. Right. Uh, Stewart, who became the singer, and we got like a big record deal. And then for complicated reasons, we broke up. And then we started The Walkman and got my cousin Ham, who grew up across the street from me, to be the singer. And then we did The Walkman for like, whatever, 12 years. And then I started doing it on my own. So it's like the only thing I know how to do. I don't even know how to like open a can opener. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a true family band, which I didn't realize, which is very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how I got into it. Yeah, and I, you know, honestly, like, well, we started doing it, I think, to be cool and to, like, write, like, n- names of bands on our on our shoes and stuff like that. But I think that, you know, we got the bug really fast that there was a lot of magic in uh, in music making. Yeah, and, w- and what led you to making that solo stuff? After your time in Jonathan Fire Eater, The Walkmen, um, what was it that, that pushed you to doing the solo stuff? You know, I, I, I guess I had always you know being in a band forever it's it's so you know in collaborative writing is like is such a wonderful thing doing with your friends but it i i always knew that at some point i was going to have to you know i was going to have to figure out how to do it on my own you know like i i guess i have fantasies about like painters and poets and people like that who get to sit in their studio and do it on their own and i was like yeah but i can i'm never going to be able to do that because i can't sing <laughs> And, uh, and I was like, so I'm screwed. I, I need to, I need to, you know, so I just, I sort of put up a wall about it. Then I, I never really rethought it. And when I, when my wife and I had our first child or right before that, I was like, you know, that's a really stupid wall to have up. Like, why am I assuming that I, I can't do that? Uh, and, and I started realizing also how much I love, you know, like some of my favorite people are like, you know, Randy Newman and Jonathan Richmond, mm-hmm. Michael Hurley, people like that who really like, uh, you know, they're not singer. I don't love them because they're like can really sing, sing. I love them because I love them and I love and they happen to have the voices they have and they communicate in their own way. And and I love them for that. And I was like, so if I'm really if I'm going to be a father here and actually try to like step up to the plate, I should probably be a little more gutsy and do what I believe in, especially like artistically. And, uh, and so I was like, I'm just going to try it. I'm going to try sing, see, see what, what song, if I can write songs that sound authentic for me to sing. And so I, somehow it ended up being that we're all young together record, which was a big, a huge deal for me. And it really changed my life in, in the, the best way. That's amazing. And did you mean to make we're all young together, a family album right off the bat? Or was that sort of a happy accident? Like, were you thinking of these songs are for kids or this age specifically? Because I know when I remember in 2014, I was working in kids radio and I got it sent to me. I didn't know your work um, in the Walkman yet. So I just kind of opened it. No context. I was like, there is no way this is just a children's op. This is like the best indie album I've ever heard. um, (laughs) That happens to have great. I'd really call it like an all ages album. What was your mindset when you started making those songs? I mean, you know, I, I just wanted to do, I wanted to follow my weirdest instincts basically to make it as, as I, I guess having been written collaboratively, collaboratively forever, I was like, you know, if I'm going to do it and, and separate myself from the pack, I need to make sure I follow my, my most Walter, Walter instincts, you know, do it as, 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 myself as possible you know so i was like i'm gonna follow i'm not gonna try to be cool i'm not gonna do anything except follow those instincts so i you know i i I started i wrote that like i wrote the well young together song you know and then i wrote the song called we like the zoo and i honestly wasn't thinking of like i wasn't thinking of it as a kid's record i was thinking of as like it was really when we first had our first child and we had like a baby in the house and we were listening you know i've always loved like the coasters like yakety yak like 50s rock Mm -hmm. 
very innocent 50s rock. You know, I love that stuff. And it, but it has a real rock and roll edge to it, you know, obviously. And like, and, but it's all very whimsical. And like the love songs are so sweet. And like they, they're, they're, I don't know, there's just a magic to that stuff. And we were listening to that stuff a lot. And I was like, you know, I could probably try to make a record that has this kind of a tone. I never was like, I'm going to make a, like an ABCs kind of record. Mm-hmm. But I was like, if I made more songs like those couple that I have, uh, I could call it a kid's record. And that way I really would be separate from the pack. I wouldn't be like on Pitchfork and I wouldn't be cool and I wouldn't be, <laughs> and it would just be a very different, it'd be the opposite of anything I've ever done. And it would be just all about the song and the story and uh, I just love, to me, it just seems thrilling. Yeah, that that's insanely cool. Um, when it comes to your songwriting, do you have a specific approach to these songs? I know you have different sort of styles of albums. You have albums for adults, you have albums for all ages. Is there any sort of difference between those two or is it always sort of the same method? I, yeah, it's the same method, really. I mean, like, I... It's the same method. I try to make, I try to, you know, because like I said, I really don't fancy myself a singer at all. I, I really, I, I try to just sound conversational. I just want to sound like, I just want it to be clear what I'm talking about. So when I'm writing, I want to make sure I have, you know, like the hardest part of me for writing a song is thinking of, is like the, the big idea behind it. Like what's what I'm, what the song is going to say or what it's going to do lyrically, you know? So once I have that, I'm like, okay, I just want to, I want it to be normal. I want to sound like the way it is when I talk, you know? So, and I guess when I do some stuff for kids records, it's more like I think of the way that like I talk to my daughters as opposed to the way that I, you know, talk to my friends or my wife when my daughters are asleep. It's just like, there's more, there are different things on my mind that I talk to when I'm talking to my wife and friends, but it's, I'm the same person, you know, I'm not like, and when I'm talking to my kids, it's just that like, it's slightly different subject matters, you know? Right. Yeah, I love that, that all your styles kind of blend together. I think it's very cool that you've got the kids' albums with the other stuff all on Spotify. And it's a newcomer would know nonetheless. They would not know the difference if they were <laughs> shuffling all of your music, which I think like that's incredibly rare. And I just think that's a super cool thing about your music. And speaking of your music, you've got original songs. You wrote an original song for Missing Link. That was one of my favorite movies of that year. And I oh, thought cool. it was so yeah. cool. I was jump scared in the theater. I was like, Walter Martin. Like I, I recognized your voice oh, cool. when the song came out. I was like, that is incredibly cool. And it, of course, won the Golden Globe. And you've also got your song, Let the Tall Ship Sail in Hilda, which is also an incredible Netflix series. I think it's cool that the two animated projects that you've uh, had music be a part of are like two of the most artistic <laughs> animated pieces of art ever, which is it's it's cool that even when you're sort of slipping into the the mainstream kids genre, um, you're part of stuff that is so meaningful and, and artistic. So what is it like to see your work be a part of something that's so visual? Uh, you know, I love it. You know, I feel like with with uh, anime, with an- the world of animation and, and animated movies and animated shows, they're just so it's such a I don't know, there's just so much creativity in there. And the people who do it are, you know, I've met a bunch of them at this point, And there's they're they're just such a great bunch it's just a really a creative thing you know and there's so many people like i don't know i look at like the pixar movies Mm. i look at like you know main big big mainstream uh hollywood movies and then you look at the pixar ones i mean the pixar ones are just so brilliant it's so funny so genuine you know it's so creative and and so many of the big hollywood things just are like geez that's just does not speak to me whatsoever it just feels so gross and commercial and even though obviously the pixar ones are very like commercial and successful they're 
they're, I don't know, so warm and tender and, and genuinely funny. You know, it's like, so I, I love working for do, doing animated stuff. Um, yeah, I've done like a lot of animated commercial things and, and, and it's, it's, always, it's always so fun. Yeah. Did you know the work of Leica Studios before uh, they contacted you? Had you seen like Paranorman and those types no, of movies? No, I had. I, I don't think I'd seen all of them, but I've seen all of them now. But I don't, I, uh, I, I you know, I do like a Coraline and, and Paranorman and uh, yeah, a bunch of them. I can't remember. But yes, I, I, I'm a huge fan of their stuff. And, and their, the, stop, the whole, just all the way they do things, just sort of the old fashioned way, the, the, light, the uh, stop motion is so cool. Yeah, it's very nostalgic. I feel like it matches with your music really well. Yeah, I thought it was a great pairing, and I, lo- I loved working with them. And, and uh, yeah, I was very pleased to have, like, a big budget and have, like, an orchestra on my song, which is kind of <laughs> my little voice coming in with, like, huge string section I thought was, <laughs> for me at least, made me laugh. Speaking of visuals, I have to bring this up. You were in the video, and I'm sure the song too, but you were in the video for Walking on a String, which is an incredible song by Matt Berninger featuring Phoebe Bridgers. So I have to ask, my musical partner would kick me if I don't ask, what was Phoebe Bridgers like? <laughs> oh, she's so nice. Yeah, we did that. We all worked on those songs for that uh, for that movie together. Wow. And, uh, and recorded, uh, yeah, recorded them out there. And um, it was just like, yeah, me and Matt and, and Phoebe and, and, and also Matt Barrick from the Walkman and, uh, and our, our friend Mike, we all, yeah, put those songs together for, the, for that movie. It was great. She was so nice. You know, it, she was just like a normal, nice human being. I, I really love what she does. Now, I've got to bring up your new album, The Bear. I love it. I think it may be your best work yet. Thank you. It sounds like winter um, was the first thing that my partner said when I was listening to it again last night. She was like, this sounds like winter. And I was like, I know. You have no idea. (laughs) There's so many ways to interpret the album. That's something I love about it. To you, what story is this record telling? Uh, That's a good question. I don't know. I feel like I I think it's a lot. To me, I think if I had to pick one thing that it was telling, it was telling sort of my my family story. To me, it's a little little so much about my family. But when I say that to people, they're like, oh, I didn't even notice that. But when I say that to my mom, she's like, yeah, the whole thing is about our family. (laughs) Um, So but yeah, to me, that's what I, you know, it was more I think it was trying to focus on you know, it was during the pandemic, so I was very isolated, you know, and I think that I, and I just finished like a ton of commercial work and I was like, I just want to do the opposite of that. I want to do, I want to do something that's, that focuses on the, the, the most important things. And I wanted to whittle those down to being just my family and art making sort of, and my, my belief and how those are sort of tied together. Uh, and so I, I sort of, I guess I made it about those two things. Amazing. You know, my mom thinks that every song I write is about her, whether it is or not. So I can right. relate in that <laughs> way. <laughs> now, here at the Goober Hour, I like to ask a question that you have most definitely never been asked before. Just something that will make me stick out. Okay. So my Goober exclusive question for you is, if you could invent an instrument to use in your songs that does not exist, what instrument would you invent? Oh, that's a really good question. I like that question. I've thought of a lot of instruments in my in the past. Uh, I would want to say the instrument that where you play keys and you're you're playing the sound of somebody rubbing their fingers on wine glasses, you know? Yeah. Which I thought of, but then it turns out it's an instrument. It's called a I forget what it's called, but Benjamin Franklin invented it. And I mean, I think they're very rare. 
but there probably maybe one of them exists. But I, you know, I've always wanted to do uh, a, a, a giant, like a bass drum with snares on it, but I don't think it actually, the physics of it don't work out that it would sound like a bass drum with snares on it. Mm. But I've, I've, uh, I've often thought of, thought of that. So I, uh, I don't know. There's, that's a two part answer. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually I'll make this a two part question. Is there any instrument that you would never put on one of your songs? No, I, I would say definitely no. I think I like this. I, I think I'm sure there's great things you can get out of every single instrument. I thought you were going to say that. That's, a, that's something <laughs> I love about your music is there's such a random cluster sometimes on the albums, especially the family ones. Like there's such, such random sounds, but they all fit <laughs> together so well, you know? I'm like, where did he find these things? Yeah, I have a, I have a lot of, uh, I'm in my studio right now. I have um, a, a ton of little uh, percussion instruments. I'm obsessed with little doodads. That's amazing. Before you go, I want to ask, do you have any words of wisdom? This is a very, I'm being very um, selfish with this question. Do you have any words of wisdom for up and coming songwriters? Like what would be your biggest advice? I mean, I think it's pretty corny and cliche, but I would say to find your voice, you know, like find to sound, to make sure that you're being yourself and make sure that you're not trying to sound smarter or more poetic or more whatever, more or better or anything than you are just, Try to access your own self and and write from there, and it'll be it'll, it has a much better chance of being interesting and unique if it's actually uh, coming from your own unique self. <laughs> That's good advice. Thank you so much. Well, listeners, make sure to check out The Bear. You can find it at waltermartinmusic.com, stream or purchase it, or just wherever you find music. Um, and also check out his amazing other albums, too. This is six now? Is this six albums or seven? I don't know. It's a, I think there's six <laughs> official ones. I put out two during the pandemic that were sort of like just things I had lying around. So I think it's like, I think That's it's cool. the sixth real one. Well, congratulations on it. I can't wait to hear what you have next. And it was a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks for being on the show. You too. It was really, it was really fun talking. Well, hey, Tommy, I'm so far away up in these hills. The tall trees sway as hunters haul their fallen prey. And the snow falls on the lane, and I'm shivering once again.